Welcome to Radiant Alchemy with Sakara Ray. Take a little break and join me for a short little while while we contemplate ways that we can make our lives easier and more joyful and live more authentically in our life's purpose. Let's get started. Greetings, dear ones. It's May. It's my favorite month. It's a time of nice weather and everything is green and the birds are chirping and it feels good to be outside. And um, it's a time when a lot of us feel so motivated to take charge of our health and start reaching our goals and striving towards things. And I don't want you to be thinking about, oh, I need my bikini body because I'm going to the beach in two weeks. I want you to be thinking about your health and your wellness, not just today and not just this summer, but for a long time to come. And so I've made a little list of some easy tips and tricks for general wellness. And I think that these are all things that are completely doable and attainable. And um, only one of them requires any financial investment. So for the most part, these are free and readily available all the time. So I will sort of move you through the day. The first thing I want you to do, tip number one, is when you get up in the morning, before you do anything else, before you check your phone, before you turn on the TV, before you sit at the computer, I would like for you to get up and have a mug of warm lemon water. It is amazing how good it is for you. And I know that everything has its fad. Right now, CBD oil is all the rage. There was a time a couple years ago where it was all about noni berries and goji berries and all of those kinds of things. I'm here to tell you, friends, lemon water is the real deal. It balances the pH in your body. It brings your body back to that proper alkaline level that it needs to be. It stimulates your digestion. It kind of warms your body up and wakes it up. As a person who has been riddled with gut issues since childhood, I am a living testament to how wonderful lemon water is. And I will tell you that the days that I don't have it, like if we're traveling or we're out of town or at someone else's house, I really feel the effects of not having lemon water. So I want you to get up and start your day with just a little bit of warm water and you can put anywhere from, you know, you could cut the lemon into quarters, you could cut it into six slices or eight slices, but starting your day just sipping a little bit of lemon water is a wonderful way to start the day. It's a gift to your body and you can also use it as a little bit of almost like a morning meditation or contemplation especially now that the weather is nice. You could sit on the porch or on the deck and just take in the birds and the sky and the scenery and just allow your body to slowly wake up. So before you really get started on anything, before your brain gets busy, before you start taking care of everybody else's expectations and agenda items, sitting for 15 or 20 minutes and sipping some lemon water is one of the the most beneficial things you can do for yourself because you're inducing some stillness and an easy transition into your day and you're also really giving your body a gift with something that is so easy 
and so readily available, I promise you, you will feel a difference in your digestion. In fact, I had a client that I tried to sell on water for lemon water on for a long time. And she said that she could never, ever, ever give up her coffee. And I said, okay, why don't you start with the lemon water, brew the coffee, and then have the coffee with breakfast, but just have a little bit of lemon water first. And hand to God, she came in a month later and said she didn't even need coffee in the morning anymore. She felt so good drinking the lemon water. And she couldn't believe that she'd been going through her whole life not drinking the lemon water. So that's number one. The second thing that I would like for you to do, um, the lemon water I want you to do every day. The other thing that I would like you to do every day, maybe with the exception of the most bitterly cold time of year, is get some fresh air. We have changed our paradigm so much in the last several years with everything being based around technology and we have more illness and more disease and I think it's a combination of being sedentary and being inside. So it's critical that you get some fresh air every day. If you are a person who is not able to be active, who is disabled um, or in a wheelchair or paralyzed, something of that nature, then just open the windows and let some fresh air come in. Even if you just sit outside, again, while you drink your lemon water in the morning, now is the perfect time of year to do that. We need fresh air. We need to have that not just fake light bulbs and recycled air that we're breathing all the time. You need to get some fresh air. You need to get outside. You need to have your feet in the grass and observe nature and get all that wonderful fresh carbon dioxide. If you are a person who is able-bodied, I would encourage you to try to actually get into the woods once a week and really let yourself disappear from power lines and the sounds of traffic and even cell phone reception. There are numerous studies now about the benefits of being out in the woods and how nature really heals us. And so if you can find some time to really connect with nature every day, that would be a wonderful thing. If all you do is go for a five or 10 minute walk, that's fine too. Walk around the block, walk you know, back and forth in your driveway, take your dog for a walk. Give yourself a little bit of time every day just to get some fresh air. Your soul will thank you, I promise you. Um, those are two things that I want you to do every day. And as we move through the day, I would like, as we're getting sort of towards sleep now, I want you to sleep well. Seven days a week, 365 days a year for the rest of your life. I want you to sleep well. Everyone has different requirements for what they need. My husband can sleep through the apocalypse. Nothing wakes him up. When he lays down, he's asleep immediately. I can wake up if a leaf falls on the roof of the neighbor's house. I have to be in a very controlled environment to sleep and I wake up often. Um, I'm not a great sleeper and it's something I've had to work on 
most of my life. So two things that are universal for everybody. You need to sleep in a dark room. A dark room. Don't fall asleep watching something on your phone or your iPad or your computer. Do not leave your TV on all night. It needs to be a dark, quiet room. Some people like complete silence. Some people like a fan or a noise machine, but it needs to be dark and quiet. The other thing that is important is for it to be cool. It's actually better for you to have the room cool and have blankets than to have a hot room. There are a lot of studies that show that we sleep better and more soundly if the room is at a cooler temperature. So those are two things that are universal. From there, you need to tailor it to whatever your specific needs are. Again, if you're a person that can just sleep anywhere at any time, don't worry about it. If you're a person like myself that requires a lot, then really set yourself up for success. What do you need to be comfortable? What do you need to be able to release and let go of the day? I have one client that keeps a notepad by her bed and her evening ritual is that she writes down all of the things that she still feels like she needs to do or that aren't attended to that she'll pick up tomorrow because if she doesn't write them down, she wakes up during the night and she's thinking and scheming and contemplating how she's going to get to these other things. But if she puts them on paper and knows that they're there for her to see, she feels like she can get back to it the next day. And I think that is a wonderful technique. So setting yourself up for a good night's sleep is critical. So those are the three things that I want you to do every single day. Now, the rest of these things, I would like you to do more days than not. And they're all kind of interconnected. Um, one thing that I would love for you to do every day, and that is amazing for your health and burns calories and is contagious, is laughter. Yes, I want you to laugh every day. So what I have done for years is when I'm kind of getting ready to wind down, um, I will either watch something, you know, years ago I would watch something funny on TV, but now, you know, we'll watch maybe some funny videos on YouTube or some, you know, a show on Hulu that really is amusing. And so we'll kind of sit at the end of the evening for maybe an hour or half an hour and watch funny videos. It could be anything, a show or clips or whatever, just something that makes us laugh, like gym fails or things of that nature. Um, not only because laughter is so good for you, but because if I'm inducing laughter and joy at the end of my day, I'm really going to bed happy and I've switched gears and I'm not thinking about stressful things. It's kind of my way of just decompressing and inviting, inviting a little bit of bliss and happiness, not just in my mind, but also into my body at the end of a long day. Now, I don't do this right at the end of the day because I'm going to get into this next thing in a moment but I want you to find time to laugh every day because it's so important for you and you know I even read an article not that long ago about just smiling how it changes your physiology even if you're faking it there's something about the act of the muscles drawing the mouth up even if you're forcing yourself to smile it actually sends a signal to your brain and does start to change your mood. So it's really important that we're laughing every day, whatever you need to do to make that happen. Um, 
in addition to laughing, this is, I think, the number one thing that we need for a good night's sleep because I have seen such an uptick in insomnia and anxiety and depression. And my other colleagues are seeing this too, whether it's counselors or yoga teachers or nutritionists. So many people in the holistic health field are seeing this uptick in insomnia and anxiety and depression. And I really believe personally that it's because we are so connected to technology. It's almost as if some people you would need to surgically remove their phone from their hand. I promise you, I promise you there is nothing at 11 o'clock at night that you need to know about. If it's that urgent, it'll be a phone call. If it's an emergency, someone will call you. You do not need to check the news. You do not need to check social media. You don't even need to check the weather. There is nothing that you need to know right before going to bed. Nothing. You hearing me? Nothing. So I would like for at least an hour, if not two, before you go to bed to disconnect from all technology. No TV, no computer, no iPad, no iPod, no laptop, nothing. Nothing. Just read a book, have a conversation, do a meditation, whatever you need to do, but refrain from all technology for a minimum of one hour before bed. I'm going to challenge you and push you a little bit farther. What I would really like you to do is have one day a week that you do a technology and news fast. No newspaper, no TV, no computer. And truthfully, I would actually like you to physically turn off your phone because I promise you, you're going to say that you're going to do it, but you're going to check your phone. You will. You absolutely will. There's no way you won't do it. And I've done this actually with a client where we've practiced her turning off her phone, even if it's just for an hour, and the systems that she has in place of what she's going to distract herself with because at this point she's actually become addicted to her phone. So one day a week, I would love for you to do a news and technology fast. I promise you, you will be so happy for it. You will be so happy to have had that break. Sunday is my dedicated day. I don't watch TV on Sunday. I try, I mean, I might have a phone call or a conversation with someone, maybe catch up with a friend um, for some social sort of connection time. But Sunday is my day that I do no work on the computer. I don't check my email. I don't respond to any voicemails, texts, anything like that. I try not to watch TV. Maybe if we want to watch a movie at the end of the evening or something as a little, you know, date night connection thing. But I really do my best on Sundays to completely refrain from technology because... I've observed it in my own life. You know, I feel really, really fortunate that I grew up kind of in two different dimensions. So I lived in a time where, in my mind, technology was really simple. And maybe our parents and grandparents feel the same way. But it's amazing the advances that we've had in my lifetime. So I grew up um, without a microwave. That was a really big deal when we got a microwave. It was a really big deal when we got a VCR. Um, answering machines were huge. And then caller ID. 
So there were, you know, all these advances. And then in high school, we didn't have a computer. I had a word processor where I could type my papers. And I believe I was a senior in high school when I first was able to be on the internet or be connected to the internet. So I lived in this time where we didn't have all of this technology. So as a child and as a teenager, and really even through college, my life was much more simple. And I spent a lot more time outside and I had a lot less anxiety. It's really since getting a smartphone that I've seen my anxiety go up in my own life because God forbid I leave the house or go to work and forget my phone oh my goodness, it's instant panic. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? When in reality, I've lived the bulk of my life without a smartphone. There are so many years where I walked out the door with my keys and my wallet and that was fine. So it's really important that we take a break and step away from all of these pieces of technology in this 24-hour news cycle half of which is complete and utter garbage that you don't even need to know about anyway. Who cares about Kim Kardashian? I'm sorry. I know she's the most like famous woman on the planet. To me, she is utterly vapid and contributes nothing positive to anyone's life. You don't need to look like her. You don't need to buy her makeup. You don't need to see her boobs. You're not missing anything by not getting online and looking at that. I promise you. Read a book. Look at a tree watch some butterflies. Far more enriching. Technology and news fast. It's important. Do it once a week and refrain for it for at least an hour before bed. Another thing that I would like you to do every day, if you're able to, is incorporate some form of movement. We all have different capabilities. Um, but our bodies are designed to move. And again, I think when we see all of these illnesses that are popping up in the Western Hemisphere that we're not seeing in other countries and other cultures is because we are sitting all day at a computer and we're coming home and we're sitting on a couch and watching TV for hours and then we're laying in bed and sleeping. We are far too sedentary. And if you think about, you know, like if you go on a hike and you come up on some stagnant water, like a little pond or something, and it smells terrible and there's that nasty, scuzzy, scummy, algae stuff and it just stinks and the water is so gross and smelly. And then you think about our bodies being 70% water. And if we're not moving like a pond, if we're stagnant, what's that doing to our bodies? We're just you know, we get all that cellular debris and all those toxins. And to me, that's the same as that nasty, scuzzy algae scum. We need to move to flush things out of our system. And because that's what we were designed to do. So um, as a person with a chronic illness, I'm not able to do a lot of intense things or really any kind of intense cardio stuff. I have to do really slow, gentle, easy movements like stretching and yoga and Tai Chi. But even if you're a person who is elderly or um, not able to do much, or even if you're in a wheelchair, there's no reason that you can't take 
to soup cans and do some bicep curls while you're watching your favorite program. Um, or that you couldn't do, you know, some toe raises or calf raises while you're sitting in a chair watching TV. There's really no excuse and no reason that you cannot have some form of movement in your life every day or most days. So I encourage you to do that even if it just starts as simple as 10 minutes of stretching every day. Just let your body wake up, let it move, let it shed all that cellular debris. And, uh, you know, you find your strength when you move. So I would like for you to do that. The opposite end of that is that we do need to have time for stillness and quiet every day. And this is sort of tied into that technology fasting. So we need to move and we also need time for stillness and quiet. And this is really more for our mental health where we need to disconnect again from emails, voicemails, text messages, to-do lists, expectations, goals, objectives, all of those things, it's so overwhelming in the time that we live in where we have our own expectations, we have others' expectations, we have other people's agendas. It's all intertwined and it's so overwhelming. There are days when I open my email and I just want to cry because I know that there's no way I can get to all of that in one day, that I cannot accommodate everybody's requests. And so meditation or prayer or again, spending time in nature, sitting with my lemon water, or even just doing some breath work, even one minute of breath work, 10 to 12 deep breaths is enough to reset your physiology. So we need to have movement and we need to have stillness. It's the balance of things. We need to have both. Um, I know I'm going long again today, but these are all really important. Another thing that I would like for you to do once a week, if possible, is have social time. And you're going to see my recurring theme here. It is a love-hate relationship with technology in my life. We are more connected than ever between 24-hour news channels, social media, being able to access news online, we have more information and more connection than ever before, and yet we are the loneliest we have ever been. There are so many people that feel utterly alone and misunderstood and unseen and abandoned, and it's a travesty. It is a flipping travesty that we live in this time where we think we have all of these likes and all of these friends and we can go online and we can see people's faces and we can see their pictures and we think that we know everything about their life. And in reality, we're not connected to them at all. Not at all. We as humans need actual connection, physical touch. And I'm sure many of you had to watch those movies in high school or in college um, in sociology class where there was the monkey that had the wire mother and the, and the feather mother and the wire mother had the food and the feather or soft mother didn't have any food and that the monkeys would choose the soft mother every time. Literally, they would choose touch and comfort over sustenance. We need connection. We need to sit with someone making eye contact, hearing and speaking and listening and being witnessed, hugging, holding hands, we need that connection. So once a week, I would love for you to 
actually, even if all you can do is make a phone call, that's better than nothing, just actually hearing someone's voice. But I would love for you to find time once a week where you can get together with someone in person and share and connect and witness each other and laugh together and talk together. It is so critical and it's so important and it's the thing that we are all missing so much in adulthood with busy schedules and um, you know, children and families and jobs. But we need that time. Please try to find a way to make that time. And then the last one, which you knew you weren't going to get out of this one, dear ones. It's the only thing that's going to cost you money. Good nutrition. You cannot underestimate the importance of good nutrition. And once again, I promise to you always is I will only tell you things that I know to be true through research or education or my own personal life experience. I am a living, breathing testimony to good nutrition. If you would have seen the way I ate growing up, you would cringe. And now I eat healthier than literally any other human I know. I don't know anyone else that eats as healthy as I do. And yes, I still have a diseased GI tract and probably will for all of my life, but it is manageable. And if you would even compare the symptoms I had a year ago to where I am now, I'm very, very slowly unraveling all of the damage that I did by the food that I ate growing up. Nutrition is more important, I'm going to say, even than movement because you have to have the proper fuel for anything to happen. There is so much wisdom in the saying of let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food. It is unbelievable and that even goes back to lemon water, okay? There are herbs that have therapeutic properties. Thyme is a natural expectorant. Um, you know, we all know that like parsley and dill help to freshen breath and they help with our digestion. Cinnamon is um, helpful for blood sugar and it is one of the most potent natural antibacterial, antifungal, antimicrobial, antiviral um, herbs or spices that you can eat. There's a lot of evidence about turmeric. I personally don't like turmeric, so I can't attest to that too much. Um, garlic, how many people, you know, swear by eating raw garlic when they think they're sick? You can make tonics and tinctures and teas. There's so much about food that is so naturally healing. Apple cider vinegar is amazing. You cannot underestimate the importance of good nutrition. I'm not going to push any one specific diet. Some people are vegan, some people are paleo, some people are keto, some people are omnivores, and there's actually a trend now where some people are eating meat and only meat. I'm not going to tell you what kind of food you need to eat. I think if you really listen to your body, really listen to it, and commit to being self-aware, your body will tell you what it needs and what it wants and what you shouldn't be eating. It's very individualized. I don't think any one way of eating works for everyone. So you have to find what works for you. That being said, at some point I'm going to challenge you and I am working on expanding and creating a YouTube channel where I can do a lot of stuff about nutrition and food prep for you. But in the interim, I want you to eat real food. I want you to eat however you want to eat. If you eat meat, 
have it be just a piece of meat, organic, absolutely organic. Try to find things with the least amount of processing as possible. If you're going to eat a vegetable, eat a vegetable. If you want a pizza, then make the pizza. I don't want you eating anything that's microwaved. I don't want you eating anything that has words that you can't pronounce. Or if you can pronounce them but don't know what it is, don't eat it. Whole real foods is the only way to go. And it is expensive and it is time consuming. I'm not going to lie. It's not for everyone. It's not easy. It is an investment of money. It is an investment of time and energy, but it's also an investment in your future. If you do not want to spend your retirement years on a long list of pharmaceuticals that have horrendous side effects, then you need to eat real healthy food. I'm on a lot of supplements for my um, chronic illness, but I am not diabetic. I don't need any kind of you know, kidney dialysis. I'm not on heart medicine. I'm not on cholesterol medicine. Um, I don't need any statins, you know, blood pressure, anything like that. I pride myself on not having to take pharmaceuticals outside of thyroid medication because I eat so healthy that I don't have those problems. I don't have acid reflux. I don't have high cholesterol. I don't have high blood pressure. I'm not pre-diabetic. My lab work is amazing because I eat perfectly. And so I want to encourage you to do your best to eat real food. If you do only one thing, because there's so much resistance, I'm not going to tell you you have to give up caffeine. I'm not going to tell you you have to give up alcohol. If you do one thing and one thing only, I want you to give up sugar. Just give up sugar, and it is easier said than done. The only sugar I eat is from fresh fruit. No juice, just fresh fruit. And yes, that means I don't drink soda, I don't drink alcohol, I don't eat yogurt, I don't use condiments. There's sugar in mayonnaise and ketchup and salad dressings and marinades None of that stuff. If I want salad dressing, I make it myself with olive oil and lemon juice or olive oil and vinegar, something like that. Um, Instead of mayonnaise, sometimes I'll just mash an avocado and that makes a nice little creamy spread. No sugar. It is amazing how it takes the inflammation down. If you do nothing else, I want you to give up sugar. So, all right, I'm going to get off my soapbox for today, my dear ones. I know I gave you a lot of information, but outside of the nutrition, everything else I gave you is free. It only takes a couple of minutes, and you should be able to do them every single day. I would love to hear from you. I would love your feedback. If there's something that you do every day that's helpful that I didn't mention, send me an email, let me know about it, and maybe we'll incorporate it into a future episode. I can't wait to hear from you. Let me know how you're doing. And uh, I love success stories, so make sure you keep me posted on how you're progressing with these little tips I gave you. All right, dear ones, I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Sakara Ray and Sheeler or get in touch with me, please go to my website, www.sheeler.net, or send me an email at ray at Hope to hear from you soon.